Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb. I'm Colin. And I'm Notch. This week we bring you 25 minutes of the collapse of U.S. soccer, followed by news of the NWSL, NASL, USL, and the rest of the world's World Cup qualifiers. Recording this only probably about 20 minutes after the United States finished losing in Trinidad and Tobago, knocking themselves out of the World Cup in 2018. I think we have to start the show with our sewer segment, guys. And this week, they don't deserve the sound cue. They really don't. We're just going to... I was about to suggest that. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're not Ninja Turtles. Um, maybe the U17s are. Maybe I'll put the sound cue in when we talk about them in a little bit. But we we have to talk about this. The first time the U.S. has failed to qualify for a World Cup since the shot heard around the world, which I mean, people already noticing during the game that that was against Trinidad and knocked Trinidad out of the World Cup at the expense of the United States. Uh, you've never been alive, I believe, correct? In a time when the correct, U- U.S. Yeah. I'm 25 years old. When Which year were you born? 92. So six years after that. Yep. Yeah, I was born in 90. So I I mean, I was alive during that World Cup. But right. I, I was very cognizant of everything going on <laughs> in the world of soccer as a four-month-old. Right. So, so and, and there will be... Millions of MLS fans, millions of people who have grown up playing the FIFA Ultimate Team mode since it came out, because mm-hmm. that seems to be the big new thing uh, with, with soccer gaming, who have never experienced a world in which their team does not qualify. Americans, that is. Who have never experienced a, a world in which their team does not qualify for the World Cup. It's just what you do. Four years. Every four years, you go to bars and you watch Ghana beat the U.S., right? Like, that. that's what you do. Hey, we beat them last. Well, it's just yeah, time, time to pick out things right now. Yeah. Let's just move on to the game. I, I, you know, I, I'm I'm in hot take city. I'm, I'm angry. I'm pissed. Uh, I know you are as well. Yeah. It's... I'm, I, just come back to me a little bit. I'll end my thoughts together. So, th- this is a cataclysmic occurrence, is what I'm saying. Um, this is... I'm I'm losing my words now. I'm I'm losing the ability to 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 categorize the event that we have witnessed today. It shows an in in a uh, an inability to change. Uh, no motive to change. Didn't want to change anything with the starting from previous from games to game to game. Also wanted to bring up the old guard, calling up Tim Howard, calling up Clint Dempsey, calling up these old players. Omar. Omar Gonzalez, who's 27, 28, but still... It was horrific today. Played horrifically today. Uh, let in an own goal. Should have had a penalty called on him minutes afterwards and just defended despondently. Yeah. As far as the game actually went, uh, Alvin Jones got worldly lucky in that 40-something yard curler that beat Tim Howard. I guess. Um, yeah. It, Christian Pulisic was the one that made it look slightly decent for the U.S. You know, let's, but, let's, let's get a few things out of the way. Trinidad and Tobago played out of their minds today. Yeah. This just shows yeah. you the, the, the difference between skill, capability, form, and mentality. I, th- I think it shows you that these, you know, we, we've all grown up in the FIFA generation, right? Where every player has a little slider. And, and the guys with the sliders and the high positions are in MLS. Where the guys with the sliders <clears throat> and the low position are in NASL and, you know, et cetera, so on. Yeah. But we saw a bunch of players. The, the goalkeeper from Trinidad who made like mega saves, mega saves, Adrian Fonset. He plays for what? Trinidad's Defense Force Club. Are you telling me? Are you telling me that they have a better competitive league than the United States? No. And and so they played out of their minds. They wanted to win. And they got it. Where 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 the US was whinging about wet pitches all yesterday, where there was hashtag river to Russia. Because you know, the, the river was our, our path to Russia. It wasn't gonna stop us, right? Like we we're gonna talk about how wet this fucking pitch is. But Trinidad showed up. Panama showed up. Honduras showed up. Who didn't show up? 
I mean, shit. It, literally this afternoon, you had Bruce Arena talking about how some of these hotshot UEFA teams probably wouldn't be able to make it through CONCACAF when he said coming into the game on Friday, which, by the way, 4-0 win against Panama, that's totally fucking worthless right now. Yeah, and, and he said that he hadn't even started thinking about Trinidad and Tobago. I get it from a okay, we need to be focused on the task at hand sort of mentality, but come the fuck on. There's got to be some forethought. If we do this, then we had to do this. You know, there has to be some kind of planning for Trinidad and Tobago. You know, their field isn't going to be that great. It's the rainy season down there. It's going to be wet. It's going to be choppy conditions. But every team around the world plays in choppy conditions for a game or two. It's just ridiculous that that, that, that is our excuse for this. Or, and one that we keep going back to. Game never, mind game. The, never mind the fact. Ch- choppy field conditions? Okay, play long balls over the top with your guys that are faster than the Trinidad players. Right. Like, it, it's not that complex. I, and yet there is, again, zero foresight that went into this game. And I think this is this is we're, we're touching on the core of this issue. There's a sense of entitlement, the sense of, well, it's just what happens. We go to the World Cup. It doesn't matter if Michael Bradley comes back to MLS. It doesn't matter if Paul Ariola isn't playing in Liga MX anymore. It doesn't matter if Tim Howard is playing in MLS. It's all fine. It doesn't matter if we're not calling up some really motivated NASL players. It doesn't matter if, you know, our players look like they're really just down and out and not putting in an effort. No, it's, it's Jürgen's fault. It's not Jürgen's fault. It, it's, it's a mentality issue where we think it's, it's a God-given right to be in the World Cup and you don't go out there. And we saw this with the, 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 what were the two games um, that occurred before Costa Rica, Honduras. Yeah. Right. We saw the same thing. They went out there with two games that were contestable. Costa Ricans, you know, Ticos are an amazing team, but we could have given them a fight. And we didn't give them as much of one. Honduras, come on. Come on. It's an away game in CONCACAF. You know that you need to fight for more than a point. Right. And, 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 and after the Costa Rica game, what was, the, what was the, the reaction? It wasn't our players suck. It wasn't an introspective look or anything. It was, oh, those, those loud ticos in, in wherever New Jersey. <laughs> like in Harrison. Worst hot take right. ever. Like that that was the problem that people pointed to. It wasn't a look at what we were doing wrong. It's always someone else's fault. It's always something else. And it's it, because it's our right to be there. And if you're standing in our way, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. It's not us. The hot take that I was really excited to unleash tonight, again, having that entitled feeling that the United States would win, is the United States got really lucky to qualify. They're going to need to figure out a way to be... 10,000 times better to not get blown out of the group stage in the World Cup because teams that are above CONCACAF level that make it to the World Cup would completely embarrass the United States. Guess what? That completely embarrassed thing happened tonight. It's, it's been happening for months. No, it's not just tonight. No, it's, it's, it's no, been so- happening throughout the entire qualifiers. Yeah, the entire hatch has been just Embarrassing outside of the, the draw at the Azteca. That was like the one game that we had that I was like, oh yeah, we played really well in that game. Everything else has just been dodge shit. It, it really has. No offense to dodge on that one. I still love you guys. You're just so fluffy and cute. But <laughs> fuck you, the US you, you, national you, team. You were posting some of their pictures uh, <laughs> to the USMNT hashtag. And this is, I think, a mentality that has come through with this whole sense of we... We just can't take it all in and say, you know what? There's there's more work to be done. It's like we're already ready. We, we should be there already. No. No. We need to recycle. Right. We need to go back to square one at this point. Because we don't have anything to play for for the next two years. World Cup's in 2019. Yeah, put that on the line. Don't call up the old guys anymore. Start calling up Ethan Horvath, who, who's starting in Belgium right now for a top lead in Belgium. Um, call up Jonathan Rochman is healthy call up Pulisic Weston McKinney uh, go for the young guys call up fucking Jonathan Flinton why not why not, why not call him up for a, a 
just did his, his tap settled. It's just ridiculous. We can't. We look at these old guys like, oh yeah, Michael Bradley's going to lead us in 2018 in the World Cup. Tim Howard's going to be there for us in 2018. Right. No, he's not. And behind them, you have Brad Wazan, who is a shadow of himself in 2014. And that, that shadow wasn't very big to begin with in 2014. And then Romano's still in call-ups? Are you fucking kidding me? He's not there for anything. He's there to take up a spot on the bench and nothing else. He was probably the guy giving everyone the updates on all the, all the stores around the contract half. No, no, no. That do. was, in fact, Brad Guzan. My... Still. Yeah, <laughs> I bad. mean, if anything, that totally proves your point. And also, it, yeah, go, go ahead. Sorry. Remember oh, that Brian Scayretta article that we talked about last week, where there's a five or six year cohort of guys that should be 25, 26, 27 that completely disappeared from American development. None of those guys have come through. And those are the guys that are supposed to be the top players for the United States right now. And and, and the, the question there is who were in charge of the U.S. teams at that point? Who who were the directors? Was Gulati the guy at that time? Yes. Was um, Arena one of the national team coaches early uh, on? Uh, that um, probably. Nah. So 10 years ago, right? He was there. Now, that would have been like early Bradley days okay. going into early Klinsman days. Right. So we, we have this look at all of these hallowed figures in our federation, in our sport. But they, 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 they let this entire five or six year <clears throat> cohort down. And they just never developed into the players that they could have been. And... You looked at our, the U.S. men's national team. A lot of them came back from Europe. We mentioned this before, from Europe, from abroad to play in MLS. They've become complacent. Why not look at those U.S. players, U.S. nationals, either in MLS or are working hard abroad to fight for a place? Because they're hungry. Yeah. Okay. I, I hate to say it, but fucking call up Tom Dwyer. Fucking call up... Well, uh, after his eyeballs tweet... He might not do yeah, another call up ever yeah, again. Yeah, fuck Tom call Dwyer. Up Chris, call up Christian Ramirez. Call up CJ Sapon. Call up... Uh, Kellen Rowe, top these guys who've been fighting for a place, even didn't noticed by Bruce Arena and his fucking high horse this entire time, and them would call up because they'll be fucking hungry. They'll go after the second ball like our team did tonight. I think I think the 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 problem here was this mentality of entry level means four to six years of experience, where it's a <laughs> self fulfilling cycle of well, if they As don't a millennial. Have I can attest that that it happens a lot. <laughs> looking for jobs. It's, it's, this, year. it's, it's this thing that they, they can't put up with the pressure of qualifying unless they've got experience. Except they need the experience to put up with the pressure of qualifying. And why aren't we giving these guys consistent time? We've had a few come through, like Nagby, Morris, Pulisic. Uh, honestly, Christian Pulisic came through... The Dortmund. Said yeah. That's, he's a product of theirs, not yeah, ours. Like... Sure, he came out of an academy in Pennsylvania. He got good when he was overseas. Yeah. I mean, Yedlin has been good before he left. He's got better. He's gotten a lot better. Yeah. yeah. And and Bobby Wood, too. After tonight's display, it's just... I mean, he wasn't I, good tonight. let's, let's but, talk about mentality yeah. today. Wood and Altidore. Holy crap. Wood gave some effort, but I didn't see Altidore the whole game. You remember at one point, I was like, where the hell has Altidore been this whole game? <laughs> like, I was over there walking towards the, the box. Right. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And it, you look at our team, no one played well. Yeah, sure, Pulisic had a goal, but he didn't play well. No. Um, he put in a lot of effort. I say Yellen put in a lot of effort. Wood, then some effort. But really, everyone else just... The effort wasn't there, and you ha- you can't have this these intended to you as they learn tonight, hopefully, and you need to work for something in qualifying. Just because you have that the U.S. soccer crest on your kit doesn't mean you're guaranteed a spot in the World Cup anymore. No, and th- I think that's the only good thing about all of this is that hopefully this knocks the goddamn complacency out. Hopefully this means we can have some new leadership in the Federation. Hopefully this means that we can go out and find some truly amazing young coaches, build up their credentials, and have them take over our national teams. And why not look towards some domestic coaches? I don't right. know. Pe- why why Peter are we Vermees putting Bruce looks- Arena back in charge? <laughs> Peter Vermees, maybe. Uh, 
Greg Bellhalter. Bellhalter. Um, um, bringing Greg, guys like Wagner, you know? Yeah. yeah. Even from yeah, abroad. Wagner, yeah. Greg Vanny. Um, Fucking Petty. Literally turned around and saw late so quickly in one season. Yeah. So, so bring in these young guys. Get them set up. Kick out all these old guys who would be scoffing at the young coach. Keep a couple of the best attitudes around. But see you, Tim Howard. Oh, yeah. Bye. Yeah, Bye, see you, Clem Dempsey. You're gone now. I mean, I'm sorry. He was great, and, and he's a beloved figure. But it's it's time. It's time. It's now time to stop playing all of these old guys for the next two years. Play the young guys. Keep a couple of veterans. For some reason, I'm I'm, I'm seeing Chris Wondolowski still. No, still no. <laughs> do not do this to me. If you say the word Chris Wondolowski ever again outside of the major listing Actually, service. if we say it one more time in this podcast, he appears here. I mean, I, I have to <laughs> That's almost I, tempting just so we could take care of things, but... Maybe this is this is A, happening enough times that I'm, I'm assuming B, but I feel like Chris Wondolowski at this point, there has to be a reason he's getting pulled into the setup and might be his attitude. So, I don't know. But you, you got to get all these young guys the experience. The next qualification cycle has to be on their backs. Brooks, Johnson, get them fully settled in. You know, yeah. Get, get get Josh Sargent. He's now over at. Uh, he's uh, where did Remen? Yeah. Uh, or well, he's going, going to, to. He's Bremen, not there yet. Yeah. He's playing the U seventeen World Cup right now. He will be going to Werder Bremen when he turns eighteen. Yeah. Right. Jonathan Klinsman, who is a keeper for the 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 U twenties. Let's uh, let's see what he can do. Playing at at the Hertha Berlin at the moment. Yeah. Let's 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 see what these guys are capable. Kellen Acosta, let's give him more time. Yeah, uh, Weston McKinney already mentioned him over at Schalke. Uh, Haji Wright also at Schalke. A lot of Nick Tidegu. Uh, that, where is he at again? I don't know. That, Somewhere uh, in Germany. The guy who plays for Fiorentina, Josh Perez. Yeah, Perez. Perez. These young guys who haven't been getting called up for the senior national team should. Be the first tall of new head coach mates. Yeah. Okay, this is me. Let's see in the from that's international friendlies. Uh, this is my number. Call me if you need anything. Right. It'd be the first thing I would do if I was in that's men's national team. Miazga. Miazga. He's been doing great with Vitesse recently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lead that is in every day they say known for their attacking prowess. A center back playing well there is fantastic. And, and I I want to do away with this bullshit MLS attitude of our best players stay here. Sell them. No. Yeah. Start giving MLS teams an an incentive to send their players abroad. When when Premier League teams come sniffing around and they're sniffing around for even a bench player, let's send them. Eric Palmer Brown, center back for Kansas City, going to Man City. That's at the end of his contract. And yeah. the the fact Jovan that Jones. yeah, Jovan Jones. Yeah, I mean he's going to a two Bundesliga team, but you know that's still. A- Get him in front of those scouts, you know? The only reason that U.S. players should be sticking around in MLS is if MLS completely dismantles things and gets to the actual level of the Premier League or Serie A or Ligue 1 or La Liga. The Belgian first division at this point. Yeah, like... The reason that we want these guys to be overseas instead of in MLS is because we've got enough people starting to play soccer that are interested in the game that will be going out to MLS games if we don't have a bunch of national teamers in these squads. That means that we can, in fact, afford to have Christian Pulisic playing for Borussia Dortmund, and it's not going to hurt MLS. I mean, what, and and this is the thing for me, a national team that is strong helps MLS. And we're going to find out just, by the way, we're going to find out over the next four years. This is the control group. You know, we've been looking at the World Cup bump last few years. Now, 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 now let's look at the control group next year and see what happens. Mm-hmm. The World Cup, I mean, I, there's some people saying there's going to be economic fallout from this. I think there will be some, but I... This is the good thing about the Eurosnob phenomenon is people will still show up to bars to watch the World Cup. So now let's see what happens to MLS. I 
I think you need the league to change some of its work. You need the federation to change some of its work. We need to fix the way. Uh, there's been some attention to this that uh, how youth academies are working with MLS, working with the federation. Uh, the the paying of uh, what is it loyalty I think it's called um, the 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 pass on bonuses that you know yeah yeah the pass on fee is when a, a player gets transferred right. and all that I I think at this point the MLS development pipeline seems to be maturing we're not seeing it at the national team level in part because those guys for whatever reason are getting passed over because they don't have four to five years prior experience. But what needs to happen is an overhaul from Federation on down. There's no excuse for guys like Sunil Galati to stick around at U.S. soccer right now. There's no excuse for Bruce Arena to even have done that post-game press conference without starting with the words, I resign. Yeah, there is no way you can be at the top of this organization and survive this. But the worst part is the comments that are coming after this game, these interviews that are coming out, Sunil Gulati saying, two inches that way, we'd be in the World Cup. Ah, screw you. Bullshit! That's one game. It it shouldn't be that close in the game that happened tonight. Also, it never should have came down to this game. Yeah. We should have been comfortably in first or second. I I think this is is a four-year slide. I think anyone who points to just one thing. This this started when Wando missed that shot against Belgium. And I don't mean to, like, single him out. But when, when we lost that game, that's when this started. And there needs to be a total shift of attitude, of federation management, of youth team management, national team management, everything. And I think I'm, I'm just. I think we should end our first half of this show and this segment on a on a great a tweet I just read, which is: When does the U.S. women's team get the at U.S. soccer handle? Tomorrow, please. It tomorrow. should be tomorrow. Uh, France 2019. That's our next. Yeah, uh, big tournament in U.S. soccer. So, barring any youth teams, so go, go women. Yeah. So, so we, we're gonna take a break right now because I think that's the right thing to do, and then come back and talk about the U. Seventeen World Cup and uh, everything else that happened in World Cup qualifying and a bit of league news. Welcome back to Week All at Soccer. From our disappointment to mine, <laughs> my 34 to nil predicted scoreline not um, not panning out when the US U17 took on India U17. Uh, is it time for India Soccer Minute on on Week All at Soccer? Can we do that? Is, do you allowed? have a sound cue for it? Like, I, I could probably find one. Like, what, what, like cool what are we Indian going uh, Indian Soccer Minute. Indian Soccer Minute. Okay. Like, okay. 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 Right. So, okay. so this is Indian Soccer Minute with me, Notch. Uh, the India U-17s playing in the World Cup. And I was going into this with some skepticism, kind of poo-pooing the whole idea that it's great for India to be in the World Cup. But, you know, I was telling you guys before to kind of calm your nerves. Like, I grew up just never even bothering to follow India's World Cup qualification because it was like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because they're going to lose and never show up. <laughs> so and in this case, they're hosting, but still... Even the idea that India could host a World Cup is so weird to me that like seeing them on TV playing was it was a moving experience and um, super cool young kids uh, the Indian goalkeeper Dheeraj dude if some MLS Academy is looking for a baller keeper bring this kid here he is so good <laughs> is he under 14 or under 13 because we can so Dheeraj is good India basically threw 11 people behind the ball tried to bunker down against technically superior team it worked kinda and then it fell apart when we basically just, we had to go for it once they scored the goal 
Uh, so, so, but the Indian defense, I would say, really good. Uh, some good players are on the wing. Midfield is trash. Forwards trash. Uh, sign Dheeraj, though. Dheeraj is an, is an, he's going to go places if he, if he stays on it. All right, that was Indian soccer minute. So let's talk about the US U-17s, who did manage to, of course, get those three goals. Uh, I'm going to take a quick second to point out that Drew Carlton did what looked to me like a uh, finish him kind of finger across the neck gesture, which he's from Atlanta United's academy, so he, he has that going against him in my book. But then to see him do that to the host country's fans kind of pissed me off a little bit. He's a little kid, so I guess he's a teenager doing teenager things. But uh, come on, buddy. Come on, come on. But he did score a nice goal. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, it was a solid game. And so far, along with a 1-0 win over the Ghana U-17s, which, shocker, the U.S. can beat Ghana? Hashtag, what? we gonna win. <laughs> I did it. I did it. So yeah. uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the U.S. does versus Colombia because Colombia looked like a physically imposing team. Uh, we, in, as in India, got a terrible 1-1 tie. Terrible because they got a like, last like late game equalizer. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. So, uh, uh, but, but anyway, uh, the U.S. 17 is now carrying the hopes. How cool would it be if the U.S. 17 now won their World Cup this year? Independently, it would be awesome. I'd still hate everything about U.S. soccer at the moment, <laughs> but independently, that would be great. It'd be like running through this dark and like haunted woods with like everything trying to attack you, and it's like one shining bright light in the future, and that's it. Everybody, go take Thursday morning off. Go watch uh, U.S. playing Colombia. Let's hope that they they make it to the final and bring the cup home. All right, with that, let's now move into a segment that we typically start the show with, but now we should, you know, start this point in the show with, which is called Loon Monitoring. Thank you. In the Loon Monitoring segment, we talk about Minnesota United, of course, who played SKC this past week and came out of the game with a late game tire. Finishing the game 1-1, local by Brent Coleman. One of us! One of us! Didn't hear that at all on Saturday. Didn't hear that at all from anyone around yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> He's one of our own. Right. We know. <laughs> he, know he knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, growing up in Woodbury, I'm pretty sure he knows that he's from around these parts. Uh, also, I'm pretty sure uh, along the sideline between the two team benches, there were five people of different nationalities. And every time an SKC player was fouled, they'd hold up like nines and tens, <laughs> eights. Uh, I think Latif Blessing actually won that diving competition. He flopped around too much, though. Made too much bit of a splash when he fell down in that one, though. Oh, no, yeah. no, no. That was the first one. The second one with Boxel, where he got Boxel sent off. Uh, I no, think that was Greenspan. Greenspan. Green Boxel oh, wasn't God, even in the country. Boxel and Greenspan kind of have that same, like, rugged, doll man look, okay? Yeah. 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 Uh, kind so, of, like, strong-jawed people it's i guess build sheds in their spare time yeah. exactly so yeah Green, greenspan gets sent off um blessing though what a wonderful performance i also think like i think it's the first time that someone who qualified for olympic diving should win an oscar for that dive as well i think i think it was beautiful acting i mean it, he really brought the script to life uh that uh, vermes had given him oh he, trust me trust me uh, it, there's plenty to talk about that later Okay. He right. literally looked like a, fl- a fish that was brought up onto a dock that was just flopping around on the pitch for about 20 seconds. And this happened every, what, 10 minutes in this game? The SKC it seemed player. like it. Yeah, it, that game was just so Any choppy. That, yeah. yeah. And, and how did the ref just not tell these guys to get their act together? Like, get he, up. He lost, get control the, the he lost control of the game very early. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't a good ref at all. Yeah. He did not control a game once he lost control. Oh, we didn't dive and get stoppages in play. We're just going to do that from now on. And he let them. Yeah, I mean, there's one thing where you're doing those to, you know, maybe stop a quick run. Kansas City was doing that to stop, like, five minutes of sustained offensive momentum for Minnesota. Yeah. And they were successful. They made it a game where you just could not get a foothold at all. Anytime, really any team started to gain any momentum a player would go down. A Kansas City player would go down. That happened more and more in the second half after they got the lead. Um, we should say, though, that Tim Melia was injured for real. Actually, Non-contact injury. injury. Yeah. Uh, hamstring. Uh, he's up for three to four weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. Probably uh, goalkeeper of the year for MLS. 
yeah, and, and I don't think his injury is going to impact that. No. Let's talk about Dunlady and Ramirez starting up top together. Experiment, successful, unsuccessful. They came up against a very strong defense. Uh, Icapara and Eric Palmer Brown, who we touched on earlier, were very solid center back pairing. Yeah, um, they played well. Um, I don't necessarily think the issue was tactical with the two guys up front. I think the issue was just the rest of the personnel, particularly you know the midfield of just Ibsen and Colin Martin. Both of them had decent games, yeah. although at, mm-hmm. at at a few points I was standing next to Caleb and. When Ibsen was doing his his full Ibsen, when he was marauding on the pitch and diving at players' heels, studs up. Yeah, I, I wanted him off the pitch then. Yeah, that was. I, I'm I'm just gonna go to out on a limb here as someone that embraces the Ibsenity. I really hope that they get someone better than Ibsen next year. Ah, I like Ibsen. I think I I, I love Ibsen. Everything that Ibsen does is magic, except for everything that is devil magic. <laughs> you should just get a young player to learn from Ibsen and Cronin at the same time. So that, that, like, do this, do this. And Cronin's like, yeah, half that's right. So don't do that yeah. other half. Here, Let's just get yeah. Il, Senior, Il Senior in from Philadelphia Union. Just start calling him Ibsen. He's like, my name's Il Senior. Shh, shh. Hello. Not not your me. name is Ibsen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Guys, my jersey's wrong. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, you, we've decided for you. Uh, on the back of this performance and the one against Atlanta, four Minnesota United players making it into the MLS Team of the Week. Kevin Molino, though, being named MLS Player of the Week. I was surprisingly happy with this development. Yeah, he didn't even play in this game because he was on international duty. Yeah. yeah. With the team we don't talk about anymore. Yeah, um, but with those for his play uh, against Atlanta, earned, earned himself a... Yeah, a goal uh, and an assist. Yeah. Uh, he didn't play today, did he? No, no he, he was suspended. So why was he on international duty? No, he he got suspended oh, because the of the Mexico game. game yeah, oh, yeah, against oh, Mexico. Oh, 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 okay, 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 okay. That makes sense. I I got that in my head like two seconds after you said it. Um, but uh, the rage, it's still it's still it's still front <laughs> the and rage center. Is strong the in this the logic center is is rage based right now. Uh, let's now move into a segment that we call the major listing service. In the major listing service, we talk about MLS. Of course, only two games to talk about this week. First, the Red Bulls from New York. Or should we say New Jersey beat the Vancouver Whitecaps three nil? Um, pretty much one way traffic. Not too many highlights for um, Vancouver. They were out um, Jordi Reyna and Kendall Watson for this game, so not necessarily that surprising. Um, Bradley Wright Phillips and Daniel Royer have apparently accounted for fifty seven percent. Of the Rebels goals in league play this season. That's pretty Damn. good. That's really good. And according to this quote, um, Daniel Royer also missed nearly two months with a knee injury. <laughs> That's not so good. I, I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say if those two guys have scored more than half of your league goals, you probably need to diversify your portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> Wu-Tang Financial, man. <laughs> it's happening. Also, you, you got to give a, give a shout-out to 18-year-old midfielder Tyler Adams, who scored, of course, as we mentioned last week, his first two professional goals two games ago in a 3-3 draw with DC. Go to Germany. <laughs> Go to England. Go somewhere. Yeah. Get out where you still can. There's still time yeah. for you, Tyler. Go east, young you man. You can escape. Tyler Adams has now got three assists in his last two games. He had two against Vancouver. So, yo, this kid, this kid might just be pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, speaking of pretty, pretty, pretty good, the complete opposite, the Colorado Rapids <laughs> oh. tied 1-1 Ouch. against FC Dallas. Um, Stefan Agner um, just slipped underneath Jesse Gonzalez for the goal. Uh, second S- goal in as many games for the German after coming over from 1860 Munich. Yeah, um, seems to be a, a decent Decent signing um, could portend good things for Colorado for next year. Um, Atiba Harris ended up getting the equalizer, I think, like halfway through the second half. Nothing too spectacular in this game, but there was a great save from uh, Jesse Gonzalez and Alan Jordan. So just go watch that. And that's all you need to watch from this game. Uh, a bit of news with two of our MLS 2.0 DPs. Uh Andrea Perlo's going to take that uh, gondola to the sunset and uh, 
Retire at the end of his contract. Cute jokes about how he retired six months ago already. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, good for him. I mean, goes down as one of the greatest legends of Italian football. Um, There is no way this MLS footnote of his career even makes it into any biography that he... You know that that is written about him, like in an article. I, I mean, it's, it's he, he he has done very little for New York City. Also. Yeah, right. there should be a chapter in kind of like that. Yeah, things got weird at the end, sort of way. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, fantastic this player like throughout his career. In the final chapter, example yeah. of, of a of a player who just you know did the Steven Gerrard go to a beach uh, strategy. Kaká also hinting that he is going to retire, saying in, I believe it's Football Italia, I forget, someone had an interview where he said basically he wants to take the Zidane approach of retiring. He also said that he it pains every time he plays. Which isn't good. I mean, if if you're no. playing for Orlando City right now, then I understand why it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I think he meant his knees, but you know, it's... it's uh, so, yeah. Kaká taking the Zidane approach, he wants to coach? Somewhere, how about the U.S. men's national team? Kaka, how is that for your first job? <laughs> Slow down. I think Kaka, looking, no, back on, no. looking back on Kaka's MLS career, bit more positive than Perlman. Oh, yeah. He had yeah, more back. positive. He did he, good stuff. He was yeah. the face of a franchise. Yeah. Whether or not it being that face for a franchise was that great for them, I think that's, early on it was. Yeah, the first I mean, season he played. Very yeah, well. yeah, he had a lot of very good moments. I, I think now he's a bit of an albatross for Orlando. I don't think they'll be too sad to see him go. Yeah, now that they have that stadium built and it's pretty. True enough, true enough. Let's now move into a segment we call The Pyramid Scheme, where we talk about happenings from the rest of U.S. soccer that we haven't talked about already. First up, NWSL semifinals. Um, Portland made me look like an idiot uh, winning 4-1 at home this against Orlando. This isn't all about you, Colin. Well, I did basically say that the best offense in women's history was Orlando and that best offense of Alex Morgan and Marta combined for two shots on target this entire game. Is, is that not good? I think I think that, Alex that's, Morgan. That's, that's not so good. I think Alex Morgan saved all her shots when she went to Epcot. Hey, <laughs> you were so excited to make that joke. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in even better news for Portland, Tobin Heath um, has been pretty much sidelined the entire season with a back injury. She made her first start. Oh, wow. I think when like eighty or so minutes. I remember they had moved her off the permanently disabled list at like the last minute that they could to to prevent her from being um, kept out of the entire season. Right. So, yeah. So it's it's really great to see her come back. Four goals from Thorns in this game. Good performance by them. Next result, North Carolina Courage finding their courageous hearts and beating Chicago 1-0. I have to call out, though, the local paper and rally whose name is now escaping me. I have one in mind, but I don't want to say it if it's wrong. Did not even feature this game at all. Which is weird, given that over 10,000 fans at WakeMed. Right. Like, you fantastic me? crowd for this game. Never mind the fact that the Courage also won the Supporters' Shield this season. Give you your want? teams love. Give your successful teams love. True enough. So what happened in this game, buddy? Um, Not a whole lot for the first 88 minutes or so. Um, it, that, that's when that's, the reporter a long left. time. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, scrum off of a corner in the 89th. Um, Denise O'Sullivan um, ended up just kicking it through about uh, just top of the 18. It bounced through Julie Ertz's legs, kind of nicked off her shin, and then went in. And then um, the last touch of the game, pretty much, uh, was Samantha Mewis with a goal line clearance header to save the game, whistle blows, everything is great for North Carolina. This was one of those games where two pretty strong defenses, not necessarily elite offenses, face up against each other. So a 1-0 kind of did make sense. So it's it's going to make for a really good championship um, 
this Saturday. I want you all to clear your schedules for Saturday afternoon, 3.30 p.m., the Courage Take on the Thorns at Wakeman, I presume? Uh, no, it's actually in Orlando City. They have neutral finals? Apparently. Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting okay. indeed. Okay, well, well, do watch that game. It will be worth your time. Uh, quick NASL news bullet. Uh, Puerto Rico FC are going to play the remainder of their schedule in the mainland U.S. for fairly obvious reasons having to do with hurricane damage. Let's now move into USL news. Salt Lake City? SLC? Yeah, uh, Real Monarchs. <laughs> SLC Punk. hey That's a good one. Yeah. Um, a 1-1 draw against Vancouver Whitecaps 2. Why am I talking about two MLS2 teams? It's because that draw and San Antonio's result secures the regular season title for Real Monarchs. Congratulations, Danny Cruz, Orlando City B beat Red Bulls 2. Uh, uh, no, other no, other way around. I know, 11 goals in this game, it gets really difficult to figure out who actually won I think, things. I think I'll need, these notes need to have like bold, like script notes for me, I notch. Mean, <laughs> notch, this team won. Team won. <laughs> well, we can't predict which one you'll mess up, so we did it for every single game. Yeah. But five is still less than six. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Last I heard, last I heard. You never know, we do live in a post-truth society. So, uh, Red Bulls beat Orlando City B. Six to five in USL. Um, five one to the Red Veals at the fifty fifth no. minute, with um, Stefano Bonomo getting the hat trick. Um, the baby lions did claw back. See what I did there? I hate you so much. Yeah. Um, two they got puns in two sentences. God I, damn it! I know. I, I'm I'm just on fire. Like I wrote these before everything went to shit. So um, they did get two goals in stoppage time. Um, luckily for New York, there was also a penalty for them. All right, let's now move into a segment we call "They Don't Call It Soccer" in brackets. Some do. Lol. Let's speed through the Concacaf results because I don't think anyone here wants to talk about Concacaf very much. Uh, Mexico losing to Honduras today. Uh, in a game that secured Honduras the ability to... <sighs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, let's just move Did on. Do you have yeah. the energy to... to, to no. 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 <laughs> let, let the Panama... The, the, the goals that they scored were... Well, one of the goals is almost comical in nature, despite what happened as a result of it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Honduras... Uh, the, I forget the guy shooting yeah, the ball. It, yeah, it, it was, hits the bar, hits the back of Ochoa's neck, head, and goes straight into the goal. Their second goal, much more beautiful. Go watch it. Honduras wins the game to make them get into the playoffs against Australia, uh, I yes. believe. Yes. Yep. And then Panama pulling a result against Costa Rica to make it into the third automatic qualification well, spot. to be fair, they only scored one goal. They did? They did, and it was... The, the, the reason Caleb yeah. is saying that is because their first goal by Blas Perez did not actually cross the line. So it was not actually a goal. Uh, I will bop everyone, anyone complaining about this tomorrow as the reason the U.S. didn't qualify no, with a little wooden spoon on the head, okay? The reason, no. You, you do not get yeah. to whinge about this. I'm it's sorry. Just, these it's just happen. another... Just yeah. another hurting. So, so Panama yeah. automatically qualify. Costa Rica securing qualification in this weekend of games as well. Uh, behind Mexico from Concacaf, let's now talk about UEFA. Oh, thank God, another another region. Let's just move. Yeah, oh, anything but Concacaf. Who's most likely to be here right now? Please, for the love of God. In Group A, France are through. Sweden through to the second round, which is a playoff. Do you guys know how UEFA does its uh, second round playoffs? There's eight teams correct, and they just take. You explain this to me. I'll just pull the curtain back. But top so, four play the top, the bottom four. Exactly. Yeah. And the important thing here is that there are nine groups. So there are actually nine second place teams. But the ninth team by points earned across the groups is actually knocked out of the competition. Why not have and the just top eight play? Why not have eight groups then? I don't know because you're not in charge of UEFA yet. Yeah. Oh, in my future, I will be. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so so so. As you're saying, four teams taking on four, the top four teams taking on the bottom four teams are two pots. They're randomly called two leg games in the middle of November. So inter- interesting playoff system. I I think it would be more fun to do a round robin tournament a la hex, but uh, not enough time to do that. Basically, all of this is of course changing with the next qualification cycle, where we get this uh, what is it tournament of nations or whatever it's called. That's going to Replace a lot of friendlies with a pro-rel style League of Nations. Yeah. Um, it is peace in our time by Clement Attlee. 
League of Nations reference anybody? No. Okay. No. I, I was I was trying to shoehorn like Woodrow Westervelt in there. Thank but, you. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, the, the big one here is though that the Netherlands are eliminated. We're, we're not. The, sucks to be them. <laughs> we're not the eh, biggest team to make the World Cup. Yeah. So that's something. Yeah. Uh, Arjen, Rob, Arjen Robin retires from the national team. Schneider should go with them. All again, I think yeah, Netherlands, another team that is chronically. Uh, underperformed in this entire qualification cycle. Arguably underperformed the last World Cup qualification cycle and as well. they missed the Euros. Yeah, right. two summers ago as well. So not a good four years for them. No, not at all. Group E: Portugal through Switzerland in the second round. I saw Jamir Quai playing against Portugal today. He did pretty well. Nice. Uh, I so. watched that whole game. I honestly don't remember Jamile doing anything. Honestly. And like Switzerland, we're just watching closely enough for MLS players, Colin. Sorry, sorry, but I mean, in all seriousness, Switzerland were just completely abject offensively. That was a bad. They they held off Portugal pretty well in the first half, but the second half they got taken apart. Group C, Germany threw already a long time ago, as we had mentioned in previous episodes, but Northern Ireland. Moving to the second round, keeping hold Norway, me back, hold me back, keeping, hold me back, keeping Norway and the Czech Republic <laughs> be uh, below them. So great performance by the Northern Irish team. Um, the playoffs are gonna feature both Northern oh Ireland God. and and Group D's Republic of Ireland. Yes, they will be seated in the same pot, so they cannot play each other. Which is too. for the good of everyone in those areas, particularly the windows in that entire <laughs> yes. island. Um, so, so speaking of Group D, Serbia are through Ireland in the second round. Wales, though, played Ireland in Wales, losing 0-1. Bale injured for this round of international qualifiers, and that's probably a big reason why Wales went down. Oh, yeah. I mean, who's going to be better, a winger from Real Madrid or a winger from West Brom who actually got the winner? Or winner? Shout out, James McLean. I did watch about, I think, the first 60-ish minutes of this game. It was fairly dull. Austria finished fourth in Group D. Sad to see them not making it. Group E, Poland, through. Q, Lewandowski, smiling, Jeff here. And uh, Denmark go through to the second round. Group E, England. England are through to the World Cup. The only thing that will bring me more joy than if the U.S. national made it is England just totally... Capitulating in the group stages again. So you're going to be happy. They should should lose like Northern Ireland. Slovakia (laughs) are second, but uh, do not go to the second round because they have the lowest points out of nine second place teams with 12. A bunch of other teams having 13. And sadly, Scotland, everybody's favorite second team, um, did not make it even into the playoffs. They were third. And Gordon Strachan, Scottish coach, blaming Scottish genetics for not producing uh, large enough players. Yeah, you said they're too small and he wants bigger Scottish people to... Don't worry, honey. Don't worry, Gordy. Size doesn't matter. I I really do think he's probably taking that to heart because he mentioned in this very interview that the team which is the smallest are Spain, who have, of course... Not had any international success at all in the last... Oh, wait. Looks like they made it. Ten years. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Looks so, like they made it. Group F, the grade that we give Strachan's comments, uh, F. Uh, group F, Spain are through, speaking of which. And uh, Italy go to the second round. Uh, that that did become, I think, one of the groups of death. So Italy... I really hope the Italians make it through into the World Cup. I'm going to be very sad if the Italians don't. Group H, we have Belgium, who are through. Uh, Romelu Lukaku needs six goals to become Belgium's all-time leading scorer. He's 24, so, I mean, I feel lazy and irresponsible. You're saying he's probably going to make it. Yeah. Strong chance. Yeah. Him or Fellaini's hair. Like, those are the the two, like, leading goal scorers. Fellaini's hair actually needs eight goals. Fellaini himself needs about 24, so. I turned on a a few minutes of the Belgium game, and I was just watching players play, and it's like all these normal-sized players, and it's like, you know, you go into creation more than FIFA and make, like, this giant player like Fellaini is walking around. Giant uh, sideshow Bob in the middle of the field just running around. Greece are through to the second round playoffs after today's game. I believe they were, I forget who they were playing now, but um, good for the Grecians. They've always been kind of a fun team. I remember a few years ago when they, I think it was in the European Championships. Yeah, and they won the Euros a few years ago. Managed to put on a defensive masterclass in that tournament. Always fun to see them. Group I, though, this is where our hearts exploded with joy. 
No, no, don't do that. I hate that stupid clap. I hate it. It's the second worst clap there is. <laughs> so essentially what... what Actually, I, no. It is the worst clap. Based on the comments of several... Experience. Several of... <laughs> Sorry, honey. Do, do we... Do we, do we do, do that in? I, I'm ready to keep it in. Yeah, just keep it in. Yeah. I mean, it's I not mean, like she listens to it anyway. I mean, us, we don't... We're not saying that he is. Yeah, and if he's thought, fine with it. Watch, watch. We'd be I, I worried thought about you were it. saying like you were pointing to me like I haven't given you the clap, and I was like, Caleb, <laughs> our relationship hasn't gone that far yet. No, <laughs> <laughs> no way that West Wing marathons. <laughs> Let's go back. To Fifteen minutes into Bartlett talking, and he gives you that look. <laughs> Let's go. Based on the comments, based on the comments of several of my American friends, what's going to happen during the World Cup is the entire country of Iceland is going to go to Russia to watch their team, and then the entire country of America is going to descend on Iceland to watch Iceland play the World Cup in Iceland. Because everyone's going to be like, "Hey, this is where the party's at," and everyone will be gone except for Bjork. But the, the smallest, Airbnb prices will be, you know, pretty low. So that's good. The smallest country ever to qualify for the world cup an island of 330,000 people you're talking about mentality coaching form look at iceland guys holy shit how good are they they beat turkey and, at home and they have like one star with Gopi sigurdsson and he's not even the best player no. on his team the, the captain uh aaron and his, uh, um forget he played in the team. championship he's actually like their aaron gunderson kind of, aaron gunderson he's their talisman according to a few articles i've read who really keeps the team going um the coach uh, two tournaments now two tournaments world cup qualification and the euros they've they've made it to the end and i i gotta give all the credit to Iceland. I think I'm good. They're gonna, I think, be the team that I really root for going all the way with the World Cup. Um, they beat Kosovo to to make it into the tournament. Croatia coming in to the playoffs from Group I. Let's move on now to the AFC playoffs. Australia and Syria tying the game one one or tying the first game one one. Uh, the second, second game two one two one. Tim Cahill. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I... That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, he. Where, where does he play these days? Is he in the A League? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it's for Melbourne, Melbourne City? City or Melbourne Victory. One of those. I think it's. City. I think it's City. Yeah. Whatever one is like the light blue with the red, and then I think that's City. Pretty so sure. serious fairy tale run coming to an end in the playoffs. Let's move on now to CAF, where there have been some pretty crazy results. A lot of staples of. African soccer representation of the World Cup being knocked out. Uh, yeah, um, Group B in particular uh, was the group of death with Cameroon, Algeria, Zambia, and Nigeria. Um, three of the last four AFCON winners. Nigeria has gone through to the World Cup with Substitute and Arsenal Bay Alex Wobi with the only goal in oh, a 1-0 win against Zambia. Probably Algerians have a time machine being like, well, the U.S. isn't going, so we're not going to go either. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm shocked to see Cameroon not making it. Very sad, actually, because I used to always enjoy I, I, some of my earliest memories of watching Cameroon playing at the 1990 World Cup. So I, I, I'm sad. Well, their play has been very good recently, and their play in the Confederations Cup was very, I left a lot to be desired. Not yeah. surprised that they didn't exactly. make it through. Yeah. And again, you know, Nigeria, this is a, a pretty strong group coming through for them. Um, you got a Wobi, Iheanacho. Um, the big story, though, of this entire CAF qualification cycle has to be Egypt. Delirious scenes as Egypt qualified for the World Cup. Caleb's Mo Salah. Uh, or maybe he's, he's Liverpool's. <laughs> Liverpool's, but Caleb's Liverpool's Mo Salah. Yes. Egypt managed to go through in a in a group where you uh, where where Uganda finished second, Ghana finished third. Just as a, a quick aside, yeah, Ghana got a little bit hosed. Well, also the fact that they still have a game to play. Yeah, uh, but Ghana's eliminated. Yeah, yeah, like they're they're eliminated. I'm just saying, like the the tournament's still going on. Uh, let's now move on to Conmebol, where there were 
two incredible matches. We talked about the first one on our last episode. In this episode, though, we've got to cover the final happenings, which were bonkers again. Um, so... Brazil were already through and decided that they would paste Chile 3-0. You would think to yourself, that isn't going to matter. Who cares? Oh, let's talk about some other results. Argentina went down 1-0 to Ecuador on the road one minute into the game. And then... Lil Messi was like, fuck it, we'll do it live, score a hat trick. <laughs> I mean, this is what happens. We'll score them all live! We'll score them all live, damn it! He is the Incredible Hulk. He hears all of his critics criticizing his gameplay, and then he comes back and basically anger pushes Argentina into whatever performance or, or place that they, 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 they should be in. Yeah, which at this point is probably third and comable behind a really good Brazil side and Uruguay. I really think, you know, based on the the few Argentina games that I have watched in this cycle, I really think they shouldn't be at this World Cup. I think this should be a place that... Um, they looked just about as bad as the U.S. Right. I mean, the, the amount of talent that you got there. Yeah. Come on. Come I mean, on. It, the fact that Lionel Messi hasn't been able to do anything in his national team career. Well, he did win player of the tournament at the last World Cup. Okay, fine. <laughs> that was a thing that occurred, I guess. Um, after, or along with that, uh, Peru with a 1-1 draw at home against Colombia. James um, Rodriguez gets the opener um, to fully qualify Colombia. That 74th minute equalizer for Peru ended up edging them in front of Chile. <laughs> Beautiful free kick. Gorgeous, gorgeous free kick. Go watch it. That means that Brazil, Uruguay, Argentina, and Colombia are your top four in Comable. Peru in the playoff. With a goal difference of plus one, Chile knocked out because of a goal difference of negative one. Heartbreaking for the Chileans. Hey, uh, it we means were all that happy to watch the last World Cup. I'm so stoked to have Alexis Sanchez in preseason for Arsenal. Oh, wait. <laughs> you mean Manchester City is happy to have Alexis Sanchez in preseason? <laughs> so so that, that, that's all she wrote for the World Cup qualifiers for now. Look forward to the UEFA second round coming up in November. Look and forward the, to the CAF yeah. final set of games coming up soon. With that, let's now move into our final segment of the show called The Reynolds Wrap-Up, where Colin takes a soccer conspiracy theory you know you've been thinking about make sense of it for you. So, as we mentioned before, Sporting Kansas City had just incredible abilities to get injured during their game against Minnesota United, to the point where I actually found it slightly strange. So I dug into it a little bit more and tried to figure out why their players were on the ground for so much. Turns out, I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but the U.S. government is doing a pilot program with certain head injury prone sports to put magnetic plates into the players' heads in order to help cushion them from blows to the head and thus hopefully reduce both concussions and CTE. Here's the problem with that. It was supposed to be a completely randomized experiment with, like, NHL, NFL, MLS, all being a part of it. Um, However, every single player on Sporting Kansas City just so happened to be chosen as part of that randomized experiment. I'm not entirely sure what happened there, hashtag Russia. Anyhow, but as a result, Sporting Kansas City has been able to basically weaponize this by, whenever they play on turf fields, taking those little pellets that they (laughs) use for, like, the dirt and adding metal shavings to them. Thus, the pole actually draws the players to fall into the ground (laughs) and stay there for longer than they reasonably should. So Latif Blessing didn't just fall over and 
seemingly get decapitated. No, it was that his head actually was pulling itself all the way to the ground, and he spent all that time on the ground because he just simply could not get up. The force was too strong. Okay. Okay. All right. That's that's a deep cut. Caleb, any reactions? Seems legit, legit to me. I believe it. Yeah, he convinced um, me. That was pretty easy. Yeah, I don't, I'm I don't sure that you guys are going to that. hear more about Project Hernandez once the docs get declassified in about five years. Uh huh. Okay, okay. All right. Well. Well. With that, why don't you tell them where they can find that information on your Twitter feed five years from now? Um, you can find that eventually at the attachment. Uh, you can also find info on various trivia mafia things via that feed. I'm at Olson 716 uh, Also, thank you to Tectonics for letting us use their song Lustless as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp and YouTube and also a Facebook page you can follow or like, I guess, as on Facebook. Yeah, I'm also 551 writing stuff there. You can find me at to United fans. You can also find me if you want to talk about things that aren't soccer related at Locked Stock Spock. You can also find this podcast on fine podcast providers everywhere. Do share information about this pod with your friends. Got a lot of depre- depressed friends after this US game. I bet they could use uh, 25 minutes of us uh, ranting about it <laughs> to, to soften the blow. So, so do share our podcast with your buddies. With that, we wave goodbye. We shall return next week. We won't be in Tuesday because I will be off in L.A. We will be back a little bit later next week. Uh, Unclear as to exactly when, but uh, stay tuned for that. Goodbye, everyone.